1: Good, everybody. Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. This is The Look Ahead. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera from Niners Nation. And with me, as always, on a Friday, my man, looking good with that dog t-shirt. I like it. From blogging the boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ?
0: Stats got that B-F-E, big Friday energy. <laughs> um, I've seen this take floating around the Internet, and I'm sure that you agree. When you're an adult, when you have kids, like however you want to classify it, Friday is the only week. Cause Saturday you got chores. Saturday night you're getting ready for Sunday <laughs> to get more chores done. Friday night is the only you know if you want to like order pizza or watch a movie it happens on Friday night you start the party on Friday afternoon for me the party starts when I get to hear your beautiful baritone voice swirling from my audiosphere.
1: Wow well I appreciate it I'm glad to start off your start and finish I guess your weekend every week uh, we want to remind everybody, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Before we get to a couple of reviews, I should point out that we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code SBNNFL to get a special offer when you sign up. Even if you're not making a football bet, that's fine. Whatever bet you want to make, use the promo code SBNNFL for that special offer only at DraftKings. RJ, you've got a couple reviews for us.
0: I do. Well, first of all, if you don't want to bet on football, maybe you want to bet on the Houston Astros, team with the best record in the American League, team that sort of inspired last week's episode of The Look Ahead. You know, just a nice little callback there, just you know, throwing things out. But anyway, uh, we do have two new reviews. If you write a review on the SB Nation NFL show, we will read it. We are contractually obligated. The first one, very short, very simple, from Geo, as in geography, B. As in uh, Bengals, the dumb logo the Bengals have, and, and then frog. So G O B frog. Caption or title is Stats is back. All caps back. I don't know where you left to. Uh, dot dot dot. So also like um, like like Stats is back. You know, like there's some like like a bit of a, a cliffhanger there. Um, anyway, uh, five star rating and it just reads and awesome. Thanks, huzzah. So big shout out for you, Stats.
1: I appreciate it, GOB Frog. I don't really know where I went. I did have to miss one week, but, I mean, usually
0: I'm here. So, But, nonetheless, if you're happy, I'm happy. Uh, One final review uh, came this past Monday, and I can promise you that I will read it again this coming Monday. By the way, Stats, I'm just going to ask you now. uh, Again, I don't know if Pete Tweeney still works here, but um, he cannot (laughs) do Monday Football Monday. I know you did it this past week. Uh, Do you want to do it this coming week?
1: Uh, Maybe. I'm actually interviewing Jerry Rice on Monday. So, there might Look be a that. timing well, issue.
0: That's why. That's why we should have planned this before we started recording. But I'm th- Flex. I'm that professional. So whatever, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Maybe stats will be on Monday Hub on Monday. Maybe he will not. This will be there again. It's to us from Coles with an underscore at the end, titled "The Time Has Come." Five star rating. It's a bit long, so I'm gonna sprint through it. I just got to say, there is no better source of NFL content than the SB Nation podcast. I have to read the whole Save thing. Per- <laughs> I the listener just read wrote the good parts.
1: Stats. Just read the interesting. The parts. listener
0: wrote this. I don't. I just care. gotta say there is no better. I just gotta say there is no better source of NFL content than the SB Nation podcast, save perhaps the actual NFL games, the Look Ahead, the Off Day Debrief, RIP. BGN podcast as an Eagles fan and kicking off my week with Monday Football Monday, on which the fantastic hosts are deservingly awarded the prestigious MF Double MVP. But I believe the time has come for me and all the rest of the loyal listeners, the chosen hour, the stars alignment. I would like to humbly request of Rachel that her vote for MF double MVP be given to the listeners on the week. This is read. My humble thanks for your consideration on behalf of myself and the rest of the LLL loyal listeners Legion. Sincerely, the reviewer formerly known as big pig, big pig left some episodes or some reviews, excuse me, on the NFC mixtape, which people can listen to on any of the blogs. The boys, bleeding your nation, hogshaven or big blue view podcast networks. Thank you for that review.
1: I don't give out the MF double MVP, so you have to take it up with Rachel. Although I did win one without actually being on the show, so you know, just want everybody to remember that. Okay, RJ, we got to get right to it because I'm supposed to be in a good mood today, I'm supposed to be in a great mood today. Preseason football is here. Trey Lance is going to play tonight. I'm all fired up to watch like the one series he's actually going to get. I should be in a good mood, but I'm not in a good mood. Why? Because of the Washington commanders. It's very simple. Mm. Just before we came on, I saw an interaction on Twitter and it all comes from an interview that Carson Wentz gave with Scott Abraham of seven news local affiliate there yes why are you pointing stats
0: might i might or well, might i suggest and pause it? we're doing this live it's kind of happening right before we started but maybe for the podcast audience you put the audio right here real talk here carson it's been well documented philly didn't want you indy didn't want you
1: do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the nfl yeah you know i don't really think about all that stuff for me i'm playing the game that i love and i have the most confidence of anybody in myself to deliver to play at a high level um to you know be a part of something special here with this team and so i don't i don't put all that pressure on myself i don't put you know people can can feel that way people can say what they want and uh i have no issue with that you know that is what it is but for me i don't i don't think in those terms then jason wright aka the president of the washington Commanders. Quote tweeted that portion of the interview and said, Thankfully, Carson demonstrated grace and class in response to this pompous, unprofessional mess. I recognize you have made a living on childlike provocation, but it needs to be called out. Don't expect special access and good luck building rapport with the guys. Holy hell, is that a pile of of garbage the only one that was unprofessional in this little triangle is you jason right and the fact that not only did you express frustration with the question which was totally legitimate but you also tried to personally attack the interviewer by saying that he has made a living on childlike provocation that is utterly pathetic and then he throws in this threat at the end there don't expect special access If we can't ask real questions, access is useless. And I am so sick and tired of these organizations acting like we should get down on our knees. And thank God that we get access to these amazing, incredible athletes. It is pathetic. It was a totally legitimate question. And, Jace, this is why the commanders never win anything and they've been a disaster for years. This is just like the epitome of the cesspool that is that franchise and i just can't take it anymore rj i
0: mean i think everything you said is is really valid um and really fair um and i mean you're obviously emotionally charged but i don't think it's emotionally driven um look i, I <laughs> I benefit greatly from the commanders being a terribly run franchise, both personally and professionally, right? Like it makes me happy as a Cowboys fan. It also helps me, you know, make some content of my own. Like like when they're, when they're bad, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy to to dunk on this kind of stuff. Um, and that's where like Jason Wright makes it too easy to dunk on them, you know? And I, I, I don't want, and I know I've been hard on Ron Rivera in the past, I don't want to make light of how difficult this job is, right? To to turn this ship around. Like, I mean, it's not an easy thing to turn something 180 degrees around. So I think it's admirable that Jason Wright has thrown his full effort, his full energy into that. I think on one hand, I really do think it's admirable that he would protect his player like this, right? Obviously, Carson Wentz is protect your quarterback. Protect him he, from what? Hang on. like, Or maybe not protect, but stand up for, right? Like, if if you feel that way, if, you know whatever, etc. It, it on it is admirable in a in a literal sense to stand up for Carson Wentz. Okay, but I, I said that you were you were emotionally charged, but you're not emotionally reactive. Sometimes we, we as humans can be emotionally reactive, right? And there are a lot of things where we we get clarity after the fact and we say, you know what, I shouldn't have done that, or I'm grateful I didn't do that when I was emotionally charged, right? That, that maybe wouldn't have been the best thing for me professionally or personally, whatever the case may be. And I do think that we've seen too much of this from Jason, Wright. Like, I think he has acted as if being the team president means he's a fan and i want to be very clear i think it's dumb when people try to separate being a fan like if you're a, like a true washington fan jason Wright, respect fly that flag high like i i encourage that i want to see that i think it's like i said it's dumb when people are like oh reporters or analysts can't be fans of teams like that's a stupid thing to me but this is this is like overly like this act no, nobody wins here no, like and carson doesn't win and i feel for carson if anyone has stood up for, i feel like i've stood up for carson in an appropriate matter in an objective manner all off season long right to this point all all you accomplish here if you're jason right is you like if we just listed out you further establish that the you know what it, culture um or the professionalism of what you're building is not real you isolate a prominent member of the dc media who covers your team you only incite the fact that this is this type of behavior and these sorts of things are going to continue to happen there's not a media member who is on jason Wright's side here right like he jason right. making the threat like oh watch out watch you what do, you, what do you, this gonna happen to you like n- nobody like if he thinks he's getting softballs now from the media so to speak or rivera's or wentz's like oh my gosh, Like he he has only exacerbated this issue and made it worse. Carson Wentz is a loser here because now Carson Wentz looks like, oh, look, your team president has to, co-. you know, that's dumb, but people will say it. Like, like nobody wins here. It, it is completely, it's, it's more than unprofessional. It's just a bad idea. You know, like it, it, to call it unprofessional isn't properly encompassing the sector of mistake that this is. And then, so Jason
1: Wright and Mike Florio have been going back and forth about this on Twitter. And Florio basically writes, this is the problem with league and team-owned media. They get used to puff and fluff. Jason's response was, you can honestly say Philly didn't want you, Indy didn't want you is an appropriate tone. What, like, what? again, what? I don't have to approach Carson Wentz with this reverence, okay? Everybody and their mother knows that that's the deal with Carson Wentz. It's true. The Eagles didn't want him and the Colts have told everybody in the world they didn't want him and they both traded him. You don't trade players that you want. So by definition, what Scott Abraham said there is true. And if it's true, how can it be unprofessional? I just hate that this we have to act with such deference to these players. Like, no. No, and then they get used to all this puff and fluff. And when they do get asked the real question, everybody bristles, right? And then we got to hear about all this new media garbage. It's just pathetic, man. It is pathetic by Washington. Jason Wright, that is such a weak move. And you're just flat wrong. And obviously, I'm upset about this because I, I think it applies to not only sports, but also outside of sports. And it just drives me nuts that you people get mad when you speak truth to quote unquote power.
0: I also – so I disagree, obviously. You obviously disagree with Jason Wright having a problem with this. That's one tentacle of this issue. But another is the attack, right? And, I, you know, we've yes. all made mistakes. Like there are there are some things I've done personally professionally that I, I wish I had and that I've learned from, grown from, established clarity from, as mentioned. And and I think to, to say if I was 7 News, you know what I mean? Like I would – if I was – if I was Scott, you know, boss. If I was the the Jason Wright in his life, man, the Commanders would be getting an earful from me. Like, oh, you know, yeah. calling him pompous like that. And so, like, beyond the fact that it's that's unprofessional, that it's mean, right? Like, it's it's mean spirited. It's also incredibly hypocritical to say unprofessional mess. Jason Wright, your <laughs> your team oversaw like and I just mean the like the entire history of this franchise but your team like if we're just talking about Jason right here your team oversaw the ceremony regarding Sean Taylor you allowed for that to be this this cover you know for all the dysfunction swirling around the franchise you allowed for his legacy to be used like that you not only allowed for it you allowed for the improper celebration with the the missteps that that had and the Jackson Mahomes and all the stuff stepping on the logo you allowed. You oversaw the crew that put the wrong years, on, you know, celebrating your <laughs> Super Bowl titles, and you know what I'm saying. Like it is so unbelievable, and so that's what I'm saying. Like on on a very 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 small microscopic level. I can respect the passion associated with wanting to protect somebody within your realm the way he is seemingly doing, but the time has come, it has been time to admit that this dude is not very good at this job, and I know that the commanders do not want to, and look, I am I make mistakes at my job all the time, but Like, can you name a thing that he has overseen that you've been like, wow, they get it. (laughs) Like, the commanders, they're headed in the right direction. No, they they continue to step in mud along the way and burn every bridge in the process. I
1: just want to reiterate that Carson Wentz doesn't need protection. He's not under attack. He was asked a legitimate question. That's like... uh... I just, I cannot tolerate that. I hate this whole, well, if you don't do everything we like and treat everybody nice and puff them up, then you don't get access. Access without asking real questions is pointless. It serves no one. The point of the people that do our job, RJ, is to serve the audience. It is a service job. We are in position to talk to these people. So we have a responsibility to ask the questions that they want asked and to ask them in a way that the fans talk about their team. And if your main quibble with this question is that Scott Abraham didn't say, well, Carson, you've been traded twice. Is this your last chance to be a starting quarterback? Like that's really what you take issue with. Carson Wentz is a big boy. He can handle it. It's absurd. I hope Washington loses every single freaking game. They play from now until the end of time. I, Oh, get, Out of here with that.
0: Miss me with that garbage. Now you're an official member of the NFC mixtape if you feel that way. Um, (laughs) But I mean, it it is. There are, like I said, there are different tentacles of lameness to this, right? Like you've described a lot of them and we, we, I do feel like we're kind of hitting all bases. Like we're kind of on fire right now. Like, I do feel like we're turning some double plays here. Like we're working in in synchronization, um, because like, you're right. It's super lame. I, I think Carson deserves credit for answering the question and you're right. Like he's, you know, and again, I am King of, you know, restoring the, you know, microscopic amount of carson wentz narrative that is left to salvage but that is my kingdom jason i back off i've been on this corner for a while um but so carson deserves credit for that i think scott like, maybe you can argue that it was, you know, you could have been a little bit, you know, like but hang on. I see your face for the podcast signs. Maybe you can argue that he could have been a little bit soft with that, but Why? it's not necessary. For, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, maybe, yeah. maybe you just like, maybe you think nobody should speak to people that way. I don't think he was aggressive or wrong, but like, again, if you're trying to be as nice as possible, you could have done it differently. And that's a, that, like that, that's where you can disagree. Like, I don't think he's wrong. You know, I, don't, I don't think the question was unfair. I think the question's important. I think the question is completely fair as it relates to Carson, as it relates to the commanders, as it relates to why the commanders traded for him. If two teams got rid of him, didn't want him, et cetera, why did the commanders want him? I mean, it's just, this is so bad and dumb and wrong. It is, it is, I mean, this team does not need... More reason to be a dysfunction, yet Jason Wright has given them reason after reason after reason after reason over the last year. It's, I mean, I, and I, again, like, I'm not trying to say like, you know, cause people like, you know, armchair quarterback, the situation be like, Oh, just do this. Just do that. But like, it's, it's, I recognize there are a lot of things that go into different things that Jason Wright oversees, but the things he'd do delete your Twitter. I mean, like, like you, you are offering no favors to the team right now. You, you nope again, nobody won here. And everybody lost, but chief among them was uh, obviously Jason Wright.
1: Big loser energy to take a page from our friend Brandon Lee Gowden. It's just, why, I don't have to be as nice as possible when I interview somebody. I don't have to ask the question in the most kind way possible. As long as the question is not unfair, it's not unprofessional. Period. End of story. And to personally attack the reporter. That's the unprofessional thing. And oh, by the way. This is not the only time that this franchise has gone out of their way to attack the media for coverage that is not flattering to the team. Daniel Snyder has a history of doing this
0: with radio. Stations. He's literally being like sued for behavior related to that. I mean, it's just so
1: pathetic. And I I'm I, I said all I can say about it, but it infuriated me. I did not even plan to, like, know this was a thing or talk about this at all. But then you and I started talking about it right before we came on, and I, I had to get it out because it was going to just ruin my day. Let me take a second, take a drink of water, we could take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can react to some of the preseason stuff last night and maybe look ahead to some of what is to come in the first week of the preseason. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, RJ. I wanted to start the show talking about, oh, I don't know, actual football, which took place last night and is going to take place this weekend. Pre-season week one. It is here. I was watching the games last night. couple of things I want to get into with you. You want to start Giants-Patriots or you want to start Titans-Ravens? Where do you want to go?
0: Wow. So we're not going field of dreams. Um interesting. Um, I don't care. I'm down I'm down for whatever stats. I'm you know, I'm your oyster.
1: Let's start Giants Patriots, because the big narrative with the Patriots, or not narrative, it's it's a real story, is that they, they're essentially splitting play calling duties on the offensive side of the ball between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. If this was anybody else, RJ, I would pound them into the ground, right? Because this seems to be a crazy idea to me. We've never seen anything like this before, but this isn't anybody else doing it. It's the New England Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. They have a history of being first on a lot of things that once the Patriots do it, other teams copy because they've had success with it. So I want to be fair here before I jump all over them. Is there is there any positive aspect to this? Is there something that we are missing that this why this might actually be a good thing what new
0: england is doing i don't know how it can be a good thing i can't answer that question okay but i can say that i'm with you like i do think we probably should have done a show like most overblown stories of the off season or maybe we still do that like a training camp oh that's what we're doing on monday boom um, so, <laughs> so we're totally workshop i i just this has been one of those things that's been like generated headlines and you know, been like a, a point of like, you know, I don't know discussion, I guess. But like, if and, and I rec, I'm not trying to be like anything. Bill Belichick touches is gold. He he's perfect. He's infallible. That's not my point. I recognize that he has flaws, and and the Patriots obviously are deserving of criticism in the post Brady era, and Belichick is as well. But if anyone deserves the benefit of the doubt, you know, I'm 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 willing to give it to Bill Belichick. Like I'm, I don't think it's like. You know, I think sometimes we get so lost in like our fandom and the hysteria of things that we just like we allow ourselves to believe that like this professional organization, especially one like the Patriots with all, you know, the, the success that they've had, is just like purposefully doing something incredibly stupid. You know, you know, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, I, I don't I don't I don't find that to be true. Um now it's it's suspect you know, suspicious, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, suspicious of it. Um, I don't understand how you would, you know, want to put all your eggs in the Matt, Patricia, Joe judge, co led basket. But again, if if I'm inclined to trust anyone involved overseeing those two dudes, it's the one dude who's overseeing those two dudes in Bill Belichick.
1: And Belichick was asked about it after the game. And all he kept repeating his go-to line was we're going through a process, which is frustrating uh, because, you know, People tried to follow up and whatnot, and he just kept repeating it over and over again. My follow-up
0: would have been... Wow, you mean he didn't, like, react and yell at them and (laughs) call them unprofessional and pompous? What a weirdo. Right. Imagine that. My question to Bill would have been, like, to get to
1: what, Bill? Like, what? The you're going through this process, okay, in the hopes that you eventually figure out who's better. You eventually end up using this dual-play calling system throughout the year. Like, what is the goal of the process? That's what I would want to know.
0: I mean, I... I mean, I think the goal would be like to win, <laughs> like you know, to to have a successful offense, to score more points than the other team, right? Um, I'm, but again, like I, I, I just have a hard time getting worked up about this. Like it's easy to get worked up about some other stuff. Like I'm just, I really am in like wait and see, like you know, like I again. How many staffers have have trotted through New England over time that, that looked, you know, looked like a duck and smelled like a duck only to be a swan? You know what I mean? Like that has just been the way that they have operated. They have brought back people. They have, you know, generated all sorts of head coaches that were terrible. Like it's just, you know, it's something in the water there that if you're not Bill Belichick and you're on the staff that you are perfect in every single capacity
1: do you think this is good for Mac Jones for a quarterback going into his second year? You know, I thought one of the sort of under talked about storylines is the fact that Mac Jones lost Josh McDaniels this year. That's a huge deal. Josh McDaniels is a really good offensive mind. And then not only did you lose Josh McDaniels, you replaced them with Matt Patricia. Who's never called offensive plays in his life. And Joe judge, that's a huge step down. And now you're splitting it between the two. Like, It seems really weird to me. If it were me, I root for a team with a young quarterback. I would not be happy with this scenario. You know, continuity is a huge factor in the development of players, especially early in their careers. And this is a
0: giant break in continuity. I, again, I I just, I'm not, well, no, I'm like, I, I I think it's funny. Like how people talk out of both sides of their mouth. Like who's, who's the best new head coach in the NFL? Right now, like of, of the of the coaches who are in new positions right now, who's the best one in your mind? I mean, Mike we're counting McDaniel, Peterson. Sure, if you want to, yeah. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl ring, so I'll go with Peterson. Okay, so that that's the best. Who do you think is is gonna have the most success this year? And I promise this isn't a topic. It's just general question.
1: Uh, of all the new guys,
0: probably yeah. Todd Bowles. Uh, okay, that's that's a little bit cheating, but um, so Todd Bowles aside, Mike McDaniel. Um no, I'm not, I'm out on Tua so I'm going Kevin go O'Connell there. Kevin O'Connell's my pick but Minnesota, but my point yeah. is like okay but my like you but the, my point is there are a lot of people who are like yeah, the Raiders like Josh McDaniel they so, like these same people are like I don't believe in the Raiders or Josh McDaniels oh my gosh Mac Jones is now like Josh McDaniels list you it's know a different I mean? it's job like, it's a different job I know they different jobs but like I don't think you can say both things um you know in in total seriousness and I also think like It it was dumb because it was Tom Brady, of all people. But, like, Tom Brady loses Josh McDaniels after, like, 11 years of working together whatever. A little bit more of a big deal. Like We act like, what is, how is, like, now all of a sudden, Mac Jones is rudderless without Josh McDaniels. He had Josh McDaniels for one season. You know what I mean? Uh, No, I think it's the
1: complete opposite. (laughs) Losing Josh McDaniels after 11 years is no big deal because you know the system like
0: the back of your hand at that point. Mac doesn't yet. But the system isn't McDaniels. The system is Belichick. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm, and I don't mean that, like, that's such a, a, like, lame catch-all to be, like, Belichick this, Belichick. Like, I'll just Belichick everything away. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, like, I I give that situation and that team the benefit of the doubt. I give that coach the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, Mac Jones, clearly the best quarterback drafted a year ago. Um, And so, uh, so, I mean, like, the situation has enough enough like meat to trust and, and to give it the benefit of the doubt into the regular season.
1: I don't think people are talking out of both sides of their mouth in this situation. And I'll give you the perfect example. And I know, you know, this better than anybody, RJ, you tell me I get an offense that's coordinated by Norv Turner. I'm all in awesome. Yes, please sign me up. You tell me I get a team head coached by Norv Turner. No, thank you. Some guys are just better at one job over the other Head coach is a different job. So I understand why you could say Mac Jones, this is a big loss for him by losing Josh McDaniels, but also not being all in on the Raiders because Josh McDaniels, last time we saw him was not a very good head coach.
0: I know, but that like whole thing works different ways too. I mean, like, and I don't mean to spawn off into like a, you know, different discussion, but it's like, like Kyle Shanahan, right? Like nobody referenced his like, Oh, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons that blew a 28 to three lead but oh well dan quinn was the head coach of the of the team that blew a 28 to three lead. you know what i mean like it like we, we ascribe certain things like in the ways we want to do it and so now it's absurd. like kyle shanahan yeah I know I, I'm not trying to like take shots at Kyle Shanahan but like now it's like Kyle Shanahan as a head coach it's like oh he's an, he's perfect and he's an awesome head coach but w- even when Dan Quinn joined the Cowboys as just a defensive coordinator a year ago and you heard the chat and he obviously turned out awesome but like the chatter was like I don't know man that's the dude who blew the 28 to 3 lead you know what I mean like there was and I don't know what it was like the year San Francisco hired Kyle Shanahan if there was a lot of like I don't know if we're making a mistake but like it's weird how we, we pick certain things and we're like this is only this person fall and another person involved had nothing to do with it and so that's where i think we're like oh the and i know you're not doing this but like the success of the new england patriots offense is ascribed only to josh mcdaniels and and it's impossible that matt patricia or joe judge could contribute any line of success and i'm not saying i believe in those dudes but i mean i believe in the collective and they're a part of the collective
1: i mean i agree that you can't say 100 percent of the offenses uh offensive success was due to mcdaniels but like he gets the biggest Part of it, he's the offensive coordinator. It's literally his job to oversee the entire offense. And you're right about that Falcons team, by the way. Can anybody name the defensive coordinator for the Falcons that year that they blew the 28 to three lead? We can name the offensive coordinator for some reason <laughs> who's who they were up 28 points, but you can't name the defensive coordinator. And we don't blame the defensive head coach for blowing that lead either. That's okay.
0: Um, no, I, they do blame the defensive head coach. That's what I'm saying. Dan Quinn gets the, the blame. I don't. I, think, I can't I'll name get the defensive coordinator. Uh, when well, the 49ers I mean, lost
1: the Super Bowl, it was Kyle Shanahan
0: blew a second lead. It was absurd. Um, what I will say, just two things. The reason I don't blame the defense, I don't know who was the defensive corner. Do you even know? Or are you Richard just, like, asking Smith. That? Okay, well, that would be why. But like I, so I don't blame Richard. I blame Dan Quinn certainly. Um, I blame Matt Ryan, which is why I'm I'm not like a big Matt Ryan believer. But I blame the offense because I feel like the game was lost when the Falcons were on offense, and and some of that was like the Devonta How Freeman miss block. How could No, well, hang on, because the game the game really like the biggest moment of the game isn't the Julio catch or whatever. like it's the Devonta Freeman miss block and and the Dante Hightower force fumble on Matt Ryan like that's that's the the swing moment of the game like I saw so only I think because the, the
1: defense val- didn't stop the Patriots
0: I'm not saying the defense did not contribute to the the demise I'm saying like that's if I have to pick a catalytic moment it's that one but the other, the other reason I was gonna make a joke the other reason I think of Kyle Shanahan is because he um left his playbook uh in, in at median height remember that um that not week. ideal so I, I I always <laughs> think about that so yeah
1: All right. Uh, So anyway, that was my Patriots rant. Uh, For the Giants side of things, like, why don't they just start Tyrod Taylor? Like, what what are we doing with Daniel Jones? Like, Taylor looked good. He looked like he always looks, you know, like an adequate professional quarterback that can't do it all by himself, but is fully capable of taking a team, a good team around him, to the playoffs. Like, what are they doing with Daniel Jones? They're not signing him again. They didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. What are they doing? It's just a waste.
0: Okay, I hate to defend the New York Giants, but um, a they're not the commanders, uh, so I don't feel like yucky doing it. But who is more like if I if you could have one right now, if I could tell you stats, one of these two quarterbacks has to start for you, week one, two thousand twenty three. You have Taylor. to pick one over Daniel Jones, a thousand percent. See, like I mean, I've seen everything from Terod Taylor, and I'm not saying I think he's bad, but like it's it's not likely but it's more possible that a, a franchise quarterback lives within Daniel Jones than it does it in Terod Taylor at this point that's how I feel like there is an athlete within Daniel Jones and so I'm willing to like if, if you're and if you're the Giants this year is all about experimentation that's all this is it's about learning and growing and developing and if Daniel Jones you know plays well and you got to pay him so what Pay him. <laughs> like you got a franchise tag him. So what? Place the tag on him. Like, if, if he's – like, I would much rather go down that side of the fork in the road. Hold on.
1: There's an athlete within Daniel Jones. Tyra Taylor's not athletic. Like, what do we – one guy fell down, and tripped
0: over his own feet. He's he's younger, so he offers more long term promise. That's you know that's really what this we comes have down to. We
1: squeezed all the juice out of Daniel. Joe. This is he's been in the league for three years. There's no mystery here, right? Like it's not like he. Well, he's only played one year. We know what he is. He's a pumpkin. I would much rather have Tyrod Taylor. That's you crazy could also
0: to argue that he's not had and like. Ultimately, if you're a good player, you're a good player, and you find ways to persevere. But you could argue he hasn't exactly had a stable coaching situation to to play in or thrive in. I mean, he had Pat Shermer, and I mean, Lord knows he had Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator for two years. I mean, when when the whole world was like, "This is a dumb idea," <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they they did it. The Giants did it because they believe in in the, the New York Football Giants, blue collar, yeah, oh yeah, big blue, who like? No, it's just. You're a your disaster. By the way, Jason Garrett really in the media machine now. Like He's all over the place. Um, Did you see uh, he got some love in Peter King's football morning in America this past week? No.
1: I have no interest Pe- in that. It was, that doesn't it was shock Peter me King, at
0: all. It was Peter King and he and two staffers and, and Garrett that drove from, I think, Wisconsin to Canton. They, they drove from somewhere to Canton, and it was like a several-hour-long drive, and they played 20 questions. in the the car and i just thought i would in no actually i don't know i i I could tell you from personal experience he's a really interesting dude jason garrett terrible football coach but really interesting guy he's i mean like if the if you jason and i you know had a couple brews you made some of your famous uh chili or whatever that stupid stuff you make is like you know it'd be a good time i can promise you that are you disparaging my dip that's what it is—the weird dip. I always I couldn't remember what it was. It, yeah, it's dip. It sounds Chilly so with no gross. Beans. Cream cheese, I, I sliced peppers, you're not,
1: olives. You're not making me regret oven. anything that I have said about this to this point. So. Good man. All right, uh, before we go, we should get to the other game: uh, Titans Ravens. And this is Ooh. sort of along the same line. RJ, what are the Titans doing? If you drafted so, Malik Willis, just start him. What are you doing with Ryan Tannehill? The Titans were the number one seed last year going into the playoffs, right? Did anybody think that they were going to win the Super Bowl? Did anybody think, have any faith in them that they were going to? No. Everybody knew they weren't winning the Super Bowl. Everybody knew. So what are you doing trotting Ryan Tannehill out there for another year? Go with Malik and figure out if you've got a guy. Because if you do, the clock's ticking on that rookie contract. You have to know. So you got to load up on talent while that guy is cheap to just to just waste another year with Ryan Tannehill well great we win 10 games maybe we go to the playoffs whatever like that doesn't do anything for you
0: um so Malik was 6 of 11 for 107 yards he did have five carries for 38 yards in the touchdown that everybody saw um I don't know man like I I, he's definitely a bit raw I mean like that was that was pretty obvious what I will say and look I'm not the one who came out here and embarrassed myself last week and was like, oh, the Titans won the trade against the Philadelphia Eagles involving A.J. Brown, blah, blah, blah. The Titans, Titans, Titans. I mean, that was really low moment for you and uh, your look ahead career stats, I do want to say. um But Traylon Burks, like, I'm more concerned about that. That, like, Tannehill, Malik Willis, you'll figure it out. You'll be fine. But this Traylon Burks pick, of all the receivers taken, I'm I'm higher on Jamison Williams. And I know he's gonna miss time. I mean, like there's obviously a reason to be high on him, but like I would I feel way more comfortable about that, even though he's gonna miss time than I do Traylon Burks. Um, he played into the fourth quarter of the first preseason game as the first round pick. That's just a little you think Chris Olave's playing <laughs> into the first round or first fourth quarter for the Saints? No. Like it just it it all smells kind of weird. I will say that.
1: He has not had a good start to his career. He had to ask out of the first practice in June. And I thought that was overblown.
0: And now, what do you overblown.
1: think? Do you do you think it's overblown think now, knowing like what you shape. know? I
0: think I don't think he's out of shape. I think he's just maybe not good. Like, those are different things. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, do you have any? Do you have any hard Titans thoughts? Yeah, my hard
1: Titans thought is get rid of Ryan Tannehill and turn it over to Malik Willis. Who cares if he's raw? Great. Let him be raw this year. Let him be raw. There's no there, – what is the point of going with Ryan Tannehill for another year? You obviously thought something had to change because you drafted Malik Willis in the first place. Like, what is the benefit to well, your franchise, especially now with A.J. Brown being gone? If Malik Willis that's is what terrible, I then great. Yeah, I would argue – like, like, else.
0: Having, like, if if the only situation or the only variable is that you drafted Malik Willis, then you know I wouldn't agree with you as much but like you traded away AJ Brown you know what I mean like I, I don't the, the Titans really are the Cowboys foil in the AFC like they're the only like playoff team who got worse you know what I'm saying like like if you look at all the, the four AFC division winners and maybe you could argue the Chiefs but like if again they've also earned the benefit of the doubt right and not only did they like yes they traded away Tyreek Hill but they also like what did they do they were like well we traded away Tyreek Hill so let's sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju smith and we'll draft Sky Moore we like, will replenish just like they did with their offensive line a year ago you know the Cowboys are like well we're just going to cut Lyle Collins or we're gonna trade Amari Cooper and like we'll be better like <laughs> you know it's like no like what goes up must go down but anyway <laughs> of the four division winners in the AFC you could certainly argue the Bills got better you could certainly argue the Bengals got better you could certainly argue the Chiefs at least maintain the status quo the Titans I don't think there's any argument that they got worse and so that's why they really are the foil but like I, I don't I'm not like concerned about Dak Prescott obviously but to that point it's like if you're gonna be worse then yeah like just just be bad or just just be just experiment you know what I mean be, be like you know be like the patriots you're learning you're growing you're developing and i like i don't think the rookie contract is as valuable as i used to think it was It's certainly i would much rather have a quarterback on a rookie contract than, than a big time contract um but what's more valuable for me is the experience associated with learning and growing and developing because i can tell you what i know one dude who's like i wish that trey lance had a year's worth of experience as a starting quarterback on the nfl as opposed to none when this is an important year so i would much rather be in that boat than Like, how many teams have been in this boat? I guess your comp has always been Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, it's just that, like, the the Niners ran with Trey Lance. Uh, It's it's just absurd. Why delay everything? What
1: must be done eventually must be done immediately. Let's go here. It's so stupid. Um, Like, you could have used last year, if you're the 49ers, as Trey Lance's year, right? He's raw. Get all the growing pains out. Then you come into this season – With this roster around him, and you could have been like, damn, man, we're going to compete for a Super Bowl. The 49ers are not winning the Super Bowl this year. They're not. I think they're going to be very good, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl. But you might have if you had played Trey Lance for all 17 games last year, but they didn't do that. And so now you just delay the inevitable growing pains.
0: I can't wait for like week six when Trey Lance is coming off of a like 11 for 32 performance for hundred. 38 yards with one touchdown and three interceptions. And he Kyle says will. in his post, well, no, but and the part I can't wait for is Kyle saying in his postgame press conference, some some, some version of like, you guys got to understand, it takes time to grow in the NFL, and, and, and what we're <laughs> seeing from Trey is totally normal. Like, I cannot wait to talk to you um after that that particular press conference. I mean, uh, it's I have coming. one more thing. I have one more thing It wasn't on our rundown. If you're okay with it, uh, all right. So I I mentioned Jamison Williams. Did you see? That he is wearing number nine for the Detroit Lions. I did see
1: that, but I actually read that he called Matthew Stafford did. and asked if it was okay. Now that's um, cool. That Stafford's cool with it,
0: but the Lions never should have allowed this. That's hundred percent my point. Hundred percent. So why? What? Well, like, give us your like explanation. How you feel about this? Because like th- this is. You know, people feel different ways about this.
1: Because Matthew Stafford is the greatest quarterback in franchise history. And you don't just give his number to some random dude. You retire his number. Every team should have the best quarterback in their franchise's history number retired. Unless you just don't retire any numbers, which as far as I know, the Lions are not one of those teams because who the hell's number would they have to retire other than Barry Sanders and maybe Calvin Johnson. So this is just weird. This just shows like you're not it comes off almost like you're like a little brother franchise. Like you're not, you don't know how to run things properly.
0: Well, it's like, I put you in the same box as the Arizona Cardinals who retire (laughs) like other franchises, legends as their own in their ring of honor. Um, I agree. Um, I know that they are mostly Lions. like obviously like you and I don't have like a real passionate, like, you know, sort of case for this. But um, if I was a lions fan, I'd be, I wouldn't be like outraged like i wouldn't like hate James williams or anything like that but i i would i would be pissed i would be like look why are you doing this like you know it would it would bother me like in the way like stuff bothers football fans and the whole and i understand this actually takes advantage of the the new rule but the whole reason for opening up single digit numbers i was told was to allow for more flexibility so that players wouldn't have to be stuck with particular numbers or whatever the case may be, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was happening at, at camp when rosters were 90 players. They didn't, they, they, the poor Kansas City Chiefs didn't know what to do. They had no numbers to hand out to people. <laughs> and now they let Sky Moore wear number 24 as a receiver. It's so stupid. But um and and I understand the the, the reports were that Jamison wanted a single digit number, right? And that that was the only single digit available. You know what, Jameson? Maybe you wait. Maybe you just, <laughs> maybe you just wait till till cuts are in, cause you're making the squad, Jameson. Like you know, breaking news here. You should just wait or Lions, you make somebody else change. Last year when the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, they made Cedric Wilson change numbers. I mean, they, they were not going to let him not have 11. Um, and speaking of the Cowboys, I I was in a similar boat a year ago. Jalen Smith paid. He actually, this was when, remember the veterans that they wanted to change, they had to pay financially to change jersey numbers if they wanted to. And he paid money, his own money, to change from 54, which is a storied number in Cowboys franchise history, by the way, to 9. Only to not even make it through, you know, half of the season with the team. Um, But I was, and like, it's a little bit different um, because a lot of Cowboys fans were not fond of Jalen Smith at the time. So it's like, it was almost as if like the worst possible person imaginable was doing this. And Jameson is like really beloved. So it's very different, but. It was it really irked a lot of people to, to see Tony Romo's number nine handed out. And interestingly enough, it's been handed out since. It's on their one of their kickers, Lareem Hyrulehu now. So uh, but there are some numbers that the like have you, has a 49ers player ever won number eight or sixteen? No. No, right, man, like they're, they're retired. Well, I don't know about you, but like or about the Niners, but the Cowboys actually have never retired a number. There's just some that they don't they don't hand out. Um, and nine, you know, for the Cowboys deserve to be in that group. And it certainly deserves to be in that group for the lions. Like, what the, and and it's not just like in general, like Matthew Stafford's no longer like a part of the team, he just won the super bowl. Like it's, it's just a weird energy. Um, uh, and I'm not saying it's like unappreciative of Matthew Stafford or anything like that, but like, I don't know. And I know our friends at pride of Detroit are seemingly cool with it. So if they're cool, then I guess that's what matters the most. But like, I, I, it's eh, eh, there's, gross. there's things like
1: you can do, right? So you can retire somebody's number. Or you could do like the unofficial retirement where you just don't let anybody wear it. It's not officially retired, but you don't let anybody wear it. I feel like that's a good middle ground. If you don't want to retire the number, you could still honor a great player by just leaving it off limits for a few years. (laughs) Matthew Stafford's been on the Rams for a year. What the hell, man? You could have at least given him two, two years would have been okay.
0: Um, Stats. I just sent you a message as we uh, wrap this up. I sent it to Brandon as well. Uh, Because we were tagged in a tweet. Nico on Twitter at Herndez, H-E-R-N-D-E-Z, then capital B37, uh, tweeted that he is watching the look ahead with you and I while making a breakfast sandwich. He also asked if it was Brandon Gowden approved. So uh, for the podcast audience stats, I need you to describe this sandwich in this photo and then let us know if it is approved by you and I, even though uh, Nico did not ask for our approval. Only Brandon's.
1: Okay, so what we have here is uh, looking like a breakfast sandwich on some nice, thicker bread. This doesn't look like your regular Wonder Bread.
0: Thank you for letting us know that it was a breakfast sandwich, because the tweet did not say that. So thank you for letting us know, Stats. Great job. And it looks like we got some
1: scrambled eggs and some scallions, which I like. Looks like there could be some cheese in there, too. And you've got a healthy quantity of meat here. Is that bologna, maybe? Fried bologna or ham? Or maybe some it's bacon too underneath the eggs. I'm not sure.
0: I see but you've got a... it looks like bacon's under the eggs, and it looks like the cheese is under what I believe to be the ham. There you go. So
1: you've got it's a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich with ham. And I love the scallion. Scallions are good on anything, man. That is a nice looking sandwich. And I Ice like cream? the fact that you... Yeah. I like the fact that you've got real bread there. Like, don't give me the crap wonder bread. People always sell the bread short.
0: Bread's a massively important element of the sandwich. I agree. Um, I Bread is just important to like any aesthetic, not just a sandwich, but like you can tell a restaurant's going to be good if the bread is good. You know what I'm saying? Um, the other day, like my last point on the Astros, um, the Astros traded for Trey Mancini at the deadline and he's been awesome, but Dusty Baker won't play him because he's a good baseball player. And why would you want to play good <laughs> baseball players? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but um, but uh, Mancini had a grand slam last weekend in Cleveland and um and so uh one of, one of the astros fans account our fan accounts i follow tweeted something like mancini's and i tweeted back i was like man, you could just tell mancini's would have good bread like just like if that was like a, a restaurant like if it was called mancini's like it would you, it could just tempt you know like like do you agree like you could just tell like oh yeah mancini's they got great bread like it just feels if, right if they didn't
1: have good bread i would be disappointed for sure mm. uh since we're talking baseball this was the story of the night last night was the field of dreams game before we go rj where do you stand on holograms of people who are no longer with us because if for people that don't know sorry for people that don't know they use a hologram of Harry Carey the old cubs announcer singing take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning stretch Harry Carey of course died several years ago
0: um like a lot of things in life multiple things can be true i think it's uh, a testament to our technological advances as a society that we can even do this right like that's kind of cool um i think it's it's a little weird. Um, you know what I mean? Like I get it if you want to do it for something, but like if you want to make it the focal point of something, not exactly my cup of tea. Um, so I think it's okay, but it's, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. It's really, really kind of where I thought.
1: just because we can do it. Doesn't mean that we should like, do we really need Harry Carey died in 1998? I believe do we really need Harry Carey singing the seventh inning. Like, is that what that game was missing last night? I, I don't know i don't i don't like it i know the nfl did something with vince lombardi just stop it yeah
0: well like and that's the thing like if you want to if you want to make like a montage video or something like that to play before something and you want to include like some voiceover stuff like i'm cool with that on the same on a similar subject um if you allow me to ask you one last thing um are, are you aware of selena the tejano artist who was murdered um in the mid-90s she was 25 years old she was just an incredibly popular uh singer obviously among mexican-american audiences mexican audiences she was incredibly she was a trailblazer in many ways and she was murdered um when when she was 25 years old there's a movie uh where jennifer lopez played her um her music is still widely popular obviously um, among many people there was a netflix series about her there's been all sorts of like other you know pieces of content made about her and i believe because her family like oversees all this these, these properties and i guess the estate or whatever um And I believe, I saw a tweet about this last week, they are releasing like a new album with some like, I guess maybe never before heard type of stuff, whatever. But apparently they have used some sort of process to digitally age her voice to to like what it would have sounded like as an older person. Does does that make sense? You know, like, I think that's, that's a, that's a weird twist on it. So I don't know. I
1: don't like it. And it, I don't even like it when they get permission to do it. Like, I know they did it with Princess Leia in the, one of the new Star Wars movies because Carrie Fisher right, had died. Right. It, uh, Tarkin, Admiral Tarkin, that he was like a character in the movie. They had like lines and was walking around. It's like, this person is dead. What are we doing here? I, it's weird. Maybe I'm the old dude in the room. You know, if you get the family approval, I guess it's fine. But I just... We have – there's no shortage of actors and actresses. We we have people to do these things. We don't need holograms of other actors. Like, s- just stop it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. All right, RJ. I'm going to try and get in a better mood because I want to watch Trey Lance tonight. Probably throw for – I want to be fair.
0: I'm going to say, like, probably only, like, six or seven touchdowns 37 tonight. Yards. Th- 37 <laughs> yards. Uh, he's going to run a touchdown in um Mm. that's my prediction um i will ask you the last thing i will say on this episode what are you eating for the game it's your first it's a preseason so maybe it's it's a warm-up for you too but what are you eating what's your first niners game technically speaking of the year you've been waiting a long time for this it's the Trey lance era what's on the menu i think we're going barbecue chicken like a pulled barbecue chicken sandwich with a beer and some chips if you don't but, serve it on a tray, like if you don't have a tray tray, I mean, what are you doing? Just No, I have know.
1: a tray and it's got like literal, it's a football tray. It's got like X's and O's on it. So we're, we're all set. We're all, don't worry about the Guerrero house, man. We're good. Okay. Robbie G is in control. Don't call me Robbie. I absolutely hate that. Please continue, rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, Leave us your favorite pregame meal. Once the regular season starts, if you don't know, RJ, I go with the three
0: H's. Do you remember? Um, Heineken. Yep. Is that one of them? Um dazs Yes. And uh, I, ho- I hope not in that order. Um, and <laughs> um, I can do this. Hot Wings. Yeah, there you go. Let's go. Heineken, <laughs> Hot
1: Wings. haagen in that order trust me i'll never steer you wrong let us know your favorite meal leave it in your review on apple pods and we will happily happily read it on the show rj you have a great weekend i will talk to you on monday bronco's country that's right, All right. All right.